BTB listeners, thank you so much for checking out today's episode. Listen, if this episode inspires you, do me a favor and take five seconds to shoot me a like and subscribe to the podcast. There are several more exciting guests that are in the pipeline, and I just can't thank you enough for your continued support, and let's keep paying the mission forward. On today's episode of the BTB Project, I introduce you another exchange student of mine who comes from Bolivia. After accepting an opportunity to come to the United States to study abroad for one year in high school, he came to Highlands Ranch, Colorado, where I happen to be the coach of the tennis team. His story is inspiring as he came to the United States with a severe language barrier and had a hard time communicating. He was by far one of the most talented tennis players I've seen, and he was able to overcome the odds in the 11th hour. His story will inspire you, will allow you to understand that embracing change and overcoming yourself is always necessary to be your best. Fohad Amas, welcome to the BTB Project. Don't be afraid of the dark. Be careful with stars. Not every light is gonna guide you, baby. Welcome to the BTB Project, designed to empower listeners to identify their why and to live their best lives no matter the circumstances. My name is Coleman Gerhardt, a former athlete and motivational coach. I've had the opportunity to inspire thousands through my story and help accomplish what they are built to be. You'll be encouraged by each and every episode, and let's get into it. Yeah, when I blow up, I'm a so high like Peter Pan. In real life, be living out my dreams if I'm waking up it's in a foreign land. It brings me a tremendous honor today to welcome yet again another one of my former students who comes all the way from Buenos Aires, Argentina. I would like to welcome Mr. Fohad Amas to the BTB project. Welcome, man. Thanks, coach. Uh, thanks for the invitation. You know. Yeah, there's a lot to cover with you, Fohad, because you know it's been just such a a privilege and honor over these uh, you know 17 years coaching that our paths would cross, and the listeners are really going to be taken away by all of the coincidences and kind of small world to where you and I were able to meet and. What I would love to start with is I'd love for you to share a little bit about how you got to the United States, because as we talked before we hopped on the podcast, you have a, who you would call a brother now who is out in Ukraine that you ended up meeting during your exchange program. And I'd love for you to walk the listeners to how you came from Argentina to Highlands Ranch, Colorado. All right. Well, my parents always wanted to me to learn English. It was his dream. They sent my, my sister to to U.S., uh, to Iowa. Uh, okay. Three years before I went to Denver. But the problem was that I've never been on 
Institute of English. So I didn't know English when I arrived. You know that. Yep. <laughs> English when I arrived to US was very, very bad. It's not like now I'm good. it's good, but well, it's better. Yes, More. it's extraordinarily better. It's very good, Fohan. Very good. My parents told me, well, in August, you're going to an exchange program. And well, the world, the the universe takes me to be on Cheryl's house. Yeah. Universe. I mean, same uh, makes Mark, my my host brother, you, my coach. Yeah. The guys, my the tennis team, a very good experience that I had there. Very hard for me because, well, it was too hard to make me understand with you guys because at the first I was passing to a very bad moment because I didn't know how to communicate with the people and was too hard. Well, times goes and I I never give up trying to learn, to speak, to I never give up trying to make friends. At the end went very well. We're gonna dive deep into a lot of the things that you experienced when you got here to Colorado and your tennis background. But I'd love for you to share what it took as far as the application process for you and your sister to to come to an exchange program. Was that process challenging or was it something that was pretty easy to do knowing that your sister did it before when she went to Iowa? Well, for me, if someone will have to listen first, Mark's Finkevich story. The difference between me and Mark is that he had a challenge. I didn't. I needed like have a good grades in my school, and that's it. I that got gotcha. you. The, the only thing, and so for me, it wasn't hard to to go. But well, uh, I am very very grateful with my parents that gave me the, the possibility to, to do it, you know? No, absolutely. And, you know, for the listeners, I was a head tennis coach for a high school here in Highlands Ranch, Colorado, at Highlands Ranch High School. And I was there for going into my second year, and all of a sudden there's this influx of exchange students that came to the school. And an exchange program essentially is allowing a student from anywhere in the world to come to the United States to study as a high school student and also be able to participate in athletics if they played athletics in their homeland. And what was interesting was when I learned about Fohad and also Mark, they were referred to me by their host mom, who happened to be the mother of someone that I used to coach many years ago. So it became a full circle moment for me because I knew Cheryl well. I knew that, uh, you know, her family was was someone that, that entrusted me with tennis. And I never thought it would turn into a situation, Fohad, where you'd come you know, all the way across the world to, to Colorado and have this opportunity to kind of have our, our stories come together. Yes, I played college tennis and I've had success as a high school coach, 
But I'd love for you to share to the listeners your tennis journey because I know that tennis has been a part of your life from a very young age, also soccer. But I'd love for you to share how you got into tennis and what it means to you. Well, I started tennis when I was eight years old. I've always been a, a sports guy. You know, I love to play soccer, tennis, basketball, volleyball, everything. I wanted to play everything. Well, I started to practice tennis. Uh, I started to love it at the first, I remember. I wanted to go every day with my dad or play with the kids that were my friends now. It was amazing that when I was uh, until 10 years old. After that, I started to training more. Yeah. I started to train more and more for being competitive, you know? Yeah, so were uh, you, at that point when you were 10 or slightly after that, is that when you decided to go into more of an academy or training? Yeah. Training? Yeah, okay. Exactly. You, I turned to, to go into an academy, and I started to train very competitive. Uh, also, um, tennis in that, from my 10 years old till 15, 16, was my life, tennis. It was like my, my day was uh, I eat lunch at 12.30 after school from 2 o'clock to 2.15 until 6 o'clock was only tennis. Tennis every day. Every day tennis, 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 tennis. It was awesome because, well, we had a very uh, an incredible group, amazing, that we were 10 kids, that we have a, a very good level of tennis. What was the name of the tennis academy that you attended, and where was it located? Club de Tenis Tarija is the, is the club. It's in Tarija, Tarija, Bolivia, at the south of, of Bolivia. South of Bolivia. South and, of Bolivia. yeah, I remember, you know, when you were out here, you, you, you filled me in a little bit about your academy background and your training. And I'd love for you to, to speak to... Yes, some of the individuals that you were training with, but was that training challenging for you to spend all those hours on the court? Every day. Yeah. Every day was a challenge for me because I had in my life until I arrived to, to Denver, I had three coaches. The first one, Vince Danny, Daniel. He teached me how to play. He teach me a lot of... He, he formed me like a player, you know? Mm. It's like he did... And he introduced me to the tennis life, okay? Uh, he's an amazing coach for, for kids. Uh, it's really great. Uh, and after uh, this guy arrives, his name is uh, was Gustavo. Uh, Gustavo, he made the whole group... Very talented, mm. very, very talented. But with problem that we had, it's not his fault, you know, but the problem we had is that uh, we didn't have the discipline to of being a player, you know? Yep. Because for us, was like, we started to eat, like, I don't know, we went to a tournament and we, we ate hamburgers, soda, we didn't care about being healthy. It was like, we are very good, so it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, well, that is what was was one of the, my progress, you know, that I have the discipline of 
of of start to training, 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 training when I when he arrived. But he made us very talented because during during the training we started to play a lot, to yeah. play a lot of matches to and everybody was improving too much. So after after that arrives uh, another coach. We were when I was fifteen. We everybody had a very good level, and well, my parents want my parents want me to to start learning English. Yeah, you know? and well, I I try some particular classes so I can uh, I can go to my exchange to my, my exchange year. But I, I wanted to play tennis. And when I was 15, I, I left to travel for tennis to a tournament. This coach, the people that they don't travel, they can train with him. Mm. And it was like, I wasn't, I, I wasn't in, a, in that moment. And well, I started to have the injury in my arm. Okay. So I couldn't travel a lot. Things made me leave tennis when I was 15, uh, close to 16, until I arrived to to Denver. No, I appreciate you sharing that because it really provides a lot of transparency to how challenging it is to train in the game of yeah. tennis. I I can relate being in your shoes. My tennis journey and that training started much later in my life, you know, 17, 18 years old, where I was more developed, more mature. I kind of, I mean, I was still young, but I had an opportunity to maybe be able to have, have a chance to find myself easier because I, I kind of knew who I was at that point. And I was super passionate about going after the sport but for you it's interesting because you started you know right around 10 9 or 10 years old and and trained and and had these various coaches or or influences in your life and it it led to you know you started maybe having discipline and then you had coaches that didn't have as much discipline but were able to teach you the talent and the and the technique that you have and then as you keep playing more and more and more, if you're not taking care of your body, you're going to be someone that can get hurt, right? Yeah. So it's interesting to me because before I met you, you went through this, this whole path of training with, what, from what I understand, the best players in your country. I mean, guys that went on and played at the highest level on the tour. And you have this injury in your arm and you, you stop playing tennis. And was there a period of time where you stopped playing tennis before coming to the United States? Yeah. Almost a year that I wasn't playing tennis because of, because of my arm, because I couldn't train with, with my friends. Because, uh, well, like I said, uh, we had uh, an amazing group. Uh, you know, the 2002... Yeah, guys, and the 2003 guys, which we were born, uh, we trained together. The 2004, that is like close to my age, like months of difference, 
uh, four of them were like top 10 in Bolivia, you know? Mm. Wow. Yeah, so it, it was a very good group. And if we didn't have a, a very good ranking, the other guys was because we didn't travel a lot. You know, it's complicated with school, with all things, what was very complicated. It was like a year that I didn't play until I arrived there. Yeah, and I mean, just to put the pieces together, when I heard that you would be coming to, to Colorado, you know, at that point, I, I had many years as a coach under my belt. I had experience with other exchange students that I've had on my teams in years past. And so I started doing some research. I'm trying to figure out who you are. I, I remember, you know, reaching out and communicating with you and just trying to get a sense of, of what tennis meant to you. And, and a lot of the things that I saw was a lot of the things you just walked us through before the injury that you spent a lot of time training. And I was really excited to, to meet you and have that opportunity. And I'll never forget, you know, you get to the United States, um, you meet, you meet Mark and, and are with Cheryl at that point with your host family. And do you remember that first day that, that we met and, um, it might've been an early morning for you, but I'd love for you to talk about that first time you, uh, you came on the courts in, in the high altitude of Colorado. Yeah, I I remember that the first day <laughs> when well you and Tolmich, Gibby. Yeah, yeah, Gibby. Yeah. That's right. Amazing kid, amazing guy. Uh, yeah, I, I remember like like was yesterday because obviously it's, it's the same time. Uh, it's it's the first time I went uh, also with Mark to play tennis. When I when I start to contact Cheryl, Cheryl is my host mother. When I started to contact with her, she told me, you know, if you guys play tennis, I can't speak with, with the coach because he is a friend of mine. So tell me something. And we'll, we say, yeah, we wanted to play tennis. And, and yeah, I remember you, you wanted me to, to send you some videos of, of me playing, but I wasn't playing. And, yeah. I, was, uh, and, I, was, and I was close to uh, a travel because I was traveling for my visa. I was traveling with my uh, prom year of my friends, my, my group of friends. Yeah. So I couldn't uh, reach you a video of me playing. But well, I think, and when you told me, I uh, training time before the season starts and I couldn't be there, I was like, maybe I don't get into the team. I don't know. But well, fortunately, I arrived and I, I think at the first I did my best. So I went, I, I, I was number one single with you. Yeah. And that's what I think is really fascinating is based off of how you were used to training and the coaches that you had, there was more, much more structure and the way that I run my teams as a high school coach is pretty structured. Most teams are not as structured, just to be perfectly honest. But when you came and I saw you hit for the first time, I just remember having a couple conversations with other coaches and you know people that are closely tied to, to Colorado tennis and 
I'll be honest with you, Phil Hod. When I first saw you, and I had no idea that you had the arm stuff or that you stopped playing for a year, I I kind of took it upon myself where I'm like, you know, I'm gonna give this kid everything I got for one year. I'm gonna I'm gonna feed into this kid. I don't know anything about his story. I don't. It's got to be hard leaving mom and dad and, and your sister. Like I I just I knew that it was going to be a challenge for you, but I wasn't just going to sit back and, and not coach you. I I wanted to feed into your life. Right. And what was interesting is as you started playing some matches, when the season started and you started playing some matches, there started to be some, some chatter, some people saying, Hey, this guy, this guy could win a state championship. And I kind of chuckled because not only did I believe you could win a state championship, but even after all these years, you know, we're a few years removed from it. I still to this day thought you could have played college tennis. And that is the type of talent that your coaches, that training environment was able to produce. And I would love for you to speak to the listeners about what it was like for you to play your first tennis match for Highlands Ranch High School. And what was it like after not playing for a year to be back into it? Yeah. It was kind of weird. Like the first match first uh, was the best match. Uh, I remember I, I won 6 6 one I think something too easy and I was very happy because I was like you know I was returned because well I didn't have the injury in that moment and was like I was returning to what I what I live my whole life you know train uh, compete I I love that world of of compete with guys I love that world but that was probably the first time you had fun again playing tennis in a long time because I'm sure it wasn't fun for you a year or so before that when you got hurt you were ready to be done with tennis yeah no it it, it, before of that it wasn't fun it was more stress it was whole a lot of problems and I remember the first three matches I think I I won like easy 6-1 6-1 it was everything easy until I lost my first match, and that was a very easy match for me. I want to talk about that match. I want to, I want to talk about what it felt like where, again, just like the first couple matches, you were rolling. You were doing everything that you needed to do, and then all of a sudden, something changed. Exactly. And I, I, I just... In this match, when I arrived, well, I started to, to, to hit and everything. And this guy started to play like someone who I always hated to play with against, okay? Um, so it brought back a lot of emotion of things that happened yeah, in the past. Yeah, a okay. lot of emotion of, of the past. Yeah. And I started to, to be very frustrated during the match. I remember I lost the first set, like, I don't know, 6-4. 
And the second one, I said, you know, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. And I won 6-1, I think. But in the match tiebreak, I returned to the first set I at my head. Yeah, and I was too frustrated. I remember when the match, I lost and the match ended. I was sitting alone in, in the tennis court for a half an hour because it was a very bad moment for me. And after that, well, I started to have the, the injury in my arm again. And I started to have a very bad time with, with myself because I was far from home. I was far from my family. It was hard for me to tell people how I was feeling in that moment because I couldn't speak. Right. You know, it was, even, to my, even to Mark, to my host mother, it was impossible for me to speak and say how I was feeling or I couldn't communicate with no one. And I am a, a person who loves to talk. Sure to talk, to be very, uh, very social with, with, I love to share with people how, I, how I think. So it was very, a bad time, uh, a tough time with, for me. So I want to go back to that, that bench. And this is a bench that's on the tennis court. You lose the sec- the first set six, four, you win the second set six, one, third set you played a 10 point tiebreaker to decide the match and you lost uh, it was close i think it was like 10 7 or 10 8 or i mean it was close 10 8 was yeah so what was interesting for me is at that point i still had no idea that all of this stuff that had happened to you in the past was coming back to life while you were playing a match, playing against an opponent that you didn't like playing back home caused you to feel a certain way. Having the moment of losing a set, when you lost that first set, had you feel a certain way based off of what you went through in the past. But after that match, when you lost, I remember you laying down on the bench in the yeah. middle of the tennis court. Everybody was wondering, what's wrong with him? But what's funny is I didn't think that because I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. So I let you have, have your time. And I know you said it was 30 minutes. It was a little bit longer than that. I think you stay, I think you stay there till everyone left the facility and then you finally got up. But Fohad, in that moment, I believe you had to face yourself. You had to you had to figure out am I going to give up or am I going to keep going? Because you had every emotion in your mind. You had every emotion and, and all of these different things that all of us, even the listeners, are going through. Like, life has moments where it's tough. And in this moment for you, it came in one tennis match. But I would love for you to talk to the listeners about after that moment on the bench, what are some of the things that started happening with how you were as a teammate, 
your training, your arm. Tell me some of the things that happened. Before I, I lost that much, I was training very good. I was very happy. I was feeling part of the team. I was very in a good mood. After I lost that much, and I had that moment, three days after, my injury returned. So all the things that happened when I left tennis because of the injury, because of the moment, uh, returned. And I started to think, and I didn't want to train anymore again. I didn't want to play. I didn't want to do anything. I remember I went to the next matches and to, to hit some balls, and my injury comes again in my arm. And I was, like, very frustrated because I didn't want that. I wanted to play. I wanted to win. I was in that mentality with, with, with you, coach. Uh, and I didn't want to train anymore. Uh, uh, the most difficult thing was that I didn't have friends in that moment mm. uh, after Mark, you know. It was, like, for me, very complicated to to make some friends, to to hang out with people. I couldn't do it because, well, I didn't know how to speak. <laughs> that was the first problem, you know. Well, that um, not, just, not just being able to communicate, but also to receive communication. Because I'll tell yeah. you right now, there were guys on the team that were trying to engage you, that were trying to support you that were trying yeah. to help you get through this, but because of the language barrier, English, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. didn't know how to receive it, and you you were lonely. You felt yeah. like no one understood. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the guys on, on, the, on the tennis team uh, were uh, very good guys. Uh, Jack Maniari, uh, Grant, uh, Ryan, Gibby, Jack, uh, everybody was very good. Uh, with me but well I couldn't speak with them I, I know that no one in the tennis team a part of Mark knows me as a person because well I couldn't open to them and and all my bad moments ended up when coach Coleman kicked me out of the team <laughs> back to why it happened so there was a little yeah. bit more things that happened beside the bench yeah, because I started to, because of, of I was very frustrating as a, as a tennis player, uh, I started to frustrate myself, I started to, I didn't want to train, I, when I was training, I didn't want to run, I didn't want to hit, I, I just wanted to, you know, like, I don't care. Mm. And when Coach Coleman, Coach Mark, uh, Coach Connors, uh, they tell me that, well, I'm not even more in the team. Because also I get injured, you know, in my foot when I played volleyball. Yeah. I get injured. Yeah. Uh, when they uh, know that, they kick me out of the team. And in that moment, uh, I... First, in that, in really that moment, I didn't care because I was in a very bad moment. But when I go to speak with Cheryl... Your host mom, yeah. About all of this, uh, I, it felt me that I was losing my time there. Like, I always wanted to play tennis. I was very happy at the first with coach. And because of my frustration, I was going to a bad 
time. And it was like the guy who has to, to change his his mind, his all things, it's me. It's not the rest of US. <laughs> it, right. It's me who has to change. I started to feel better about my my foot. Well, I call coach and say, you know, coach, I'm, I'm very sorry for for everything. Also, I couldn't explain how what how I was feeling in that moment. Well, fortunately, coach gave me the opportunity, but he told me, if you don't give your hundred percent, I'll take you out of the, of the court. And that was the condition to coach, of coach to to me to. To, to return to the team and I said okay it's okay I want that and that's, really want. that's what was a pretty cool moment was and I'm talking about the moment way before that when you were on the bench when you lost that first match the kid that I saw on that bench I knew your potential I knew what you had in you you might have not been able to communicate it you might have acted in a way that you didn't really want to act in that moment, but I knew your potential. And what was really neat, just to kind of tie it together up to that moment where you asked to be back on the team, was really for most of the rest of the year, outside of those first three or four matches, not only when you were practicing did you not show up mentally or physically, but there were times, man, where you would just straight up walk by the tennis courts and go to soccer practice. <laughs> like you had friends that played soccer yeah. and you, you literally would just walk by, walk by the tennis courts, walk by your team. It was something that nobody understood, but you were struggling. You we're trying to find yourself. And you go yeah. and have a conversation with your host mom, who at this point, your mom and dad and, and sister are back home. So that's the person that you're, you're leaning on to try to understand yourself better in that moment. Yeah. And you, you find yourself. And my condition to get to that point to where you asked me to come back on the team, my condition was... I had removed you from the team and I told the team captains, your teammates, if you want to be back on the team, it's not my decision. It's going to have to come from your teammates because your teammates were the ones that were supporting you and there for you when you're having the time of your life, those first few matches, but they were also the ones that were there that saw the lack of practice, the lack of focus and watching you walk by those times that you went to the soccer field, it's the same teammates, but your teammates were still there. So I remember very vividly, and I don't know how well you know this, but I remember the guys telling me, coach, we need Fohad. We forgive Fohad for what happened. Fohad is a good teammate. Fohad's going to do great things. Give him a chance. And I said, guys, I will give him a chance, but it has to be a hundred percent. Yeah. It has to be his best effort. It has to be who I know this young man can be. So I would love for you to start with 
when I told you, yes, you're back on the team, this was the night before we go to a tournament. We go to, to Grand Jackson. Yeah. Four hours away from Highlands Ranch. Yeah. So at the last minute, we say you're going. What did that moment mean to you? And what was starting to happen in your mind when you knew that you were back on the team? Well, when you told me yes, you know, and well, and you have to give the 100%. I wanted to, obviously. And I said, this is a new opportunity for me. It passed a month that, from the injury until that moment. A very bad month. A very bad month I had. And now I have the, the opportunity to play regionals. Yeah. Coach is giving me that moment opportunity, so I have to start changing. I have to. I have to have a good experience. So let's do it. And well, I remember I start packing things and I, I go. And during the travel, I was thinking like, I don't know how I'm going to play because I was injured of my foot. Yeah, <laughs> you had to put the ankle foot. brace on. Yeah, I mean, you had all sorts of stuff that you were, yeah. you were thinking about. And for me in that moment, when I was driving up and had the four hours of thinking about what's going to happen, I'll tell you where my mind was. I was like, if this dude shows up he's gonna absolutely blow everyone off the court I knew like I knew you had the injury in your arm and the stuff in your foot but I also know the practices that we had outside of practices I mean you and I were hitting balls man and you were you were breaking strings every other day like I played division one college tennis. I've, I've helped kids play college tennis and elite high school players. And you hit the ball harder than most of the kids that I've ever coached. I I saw this crazy potential and I'm like, man, if this actually like unleashes some great things could happen. Yeah. So here we are both reflecting on the drive up to grand junction but at what point did you really decide, like, okay, I'm going to give everything I have? When did that happen? You know, uh, when I go into the first match, I played against that guy before and during the season. I said, well, I beat, I, I, I beat him like 6-0, 6-0, so uh, I, same, I, I will give my 100%, but it wasn't hard for me first match when I go to the second match you tell me uh, for this kid plays good he plays very good and if you pass this it's the, it's going to be your hardest match during the tournament during the semifinals and I remember I win the first point I played a very good point a nice cream like yes when I screamed that moment, I felt like I was competing again. I felt like a, mm. a young man that was, they wanted to, to win, that wanted to win. That's the word. Yeah. Not want to go. They wanted to win. And I remember I played, I think my best match I have ever played. I won 6-2, 6-3, 6-3, 6-2. 
and I played so well. I was very happy. I was screaming all the points. I was uh, accommodating him a lot in, in my ma during my match, uh, how I was playing. I, I felt again what I was wanted to feel. You know, I, I was feeling what I wanted to feel, and it was awesome. After I go to the finals, I lost first set. I remember saying, you know, I can win this. I will win. And I started uh, again to scream, to, to celebrate my points, to enjoy the game. Mm. And I came back of, of in, in that match and I won. I, I was champion on the regionals. You know, what's interesting to me is you got through the first match. The second match, yes, it was tough. And it was the type of player that he wasn't going to give you much room for air. You had to go out and execute your game. You had to go play your game. And one thing that the listeners might not understand is you hadn't even seen a hard court until you came to Colorado, you played yeah. on clay. clay. Yeah. So Hold your on. game, your playing style was very unorthodox for Colorado. Unorthodox meaning it's, it's very untraditional. Yeah, it was, it was totally different. But that tournament was truly the first time that you embraced who you were as a tennis player. I yeah. would love for you to speak to how you were taught to play the game, what your playing style was, and why was it effective at the regional tournament? Well, when I started to hit the balls at, at the warming up, I started to hit the ball, and he was hitting very well. Maybe better than me in that moment. Maybe better. But you know when, well, this goes to my dad. Because everything goes about my experience during my life. I had this friend that I always played. He's an amazing player. And he hits very strong, very hard. My dad always told me, you know, when someone is hitting you too hard, you have to change his timing. Mm. So it starts to slice, drop shots, volley. It starts to change what he's playing. Because if I was playing all the time, hitting back to back, hitting, hitting, hitting uh, he was going to beat me. Especially if so, your arm was hurting and your foot was hurting. You don't want to play long points hitting hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, exactly. If I played long, long points of, of just hit and hit and hit, I was going to lose. So I started to play with top spin. I started to play with, with slice, too much slice, too, uh, amazing drop shots. Uh, I threw that time. I, I started to surf and volley. I played an amazing match, I remember. And... I was intimidating that guy. I remember. Was I think Fort Collins was this cool? Like yeah, yeah. You played Fort Collins, and then you played a, a Grand Junction school in the final. Um, Fruit, yeah, Fruit yeah. Monument. And exactly. believe it or not, 
and I don't know if you knew this, but on a previous podcast episode, I got to do an interview with Richard Johnson. Richard Johnson won two state championships at Fruita Monument, went on and played college tennis at Pepperdine, and won a Division I national championship at Pepperdine. So here you are playing against a team, a school, that has that type of rich history. And, yeah. the, and the guy that you played, both from Fort Collins and from Fruita Monument, you you came to life. And what was so fun for me as a coach was seeing all of the things happening around you, your teammates, the crowd. There, there were people there that were just like, like, how in the world is this guy hitting these types of drop shots? How in the world is he doing these things? Like, it's extraordinary. To this day, there's probably not a kid that has ever been in Grand Junction, Colorado, that hit the type of shots that you were hitting. And when I'm going back to who I met, our time together, when no one was watching, when it was just you and I training, I knew you were going to show the world who Fohad Amas is as a tennis player. And in that moment, you did. And it was extraordinary. I mean, I'm telling you, man, you left an impression on Colorado tennis forever because of that moment. So I'd love for you to talk about the moment where you get to that last match, you have an opportunity to win the match. Talk me through the last point that you played to win the match and the moment that you realized that you won. How did you feel? I remember that I, I, I'm almost sure I was in a tiebreak. Yep. And when I arrived to that tiebreak, you know, I said, I'm going to win this. It's impossible for me to lose this. So I, and I said, you know, I don't care about nothing. I just going to play my best. I just said that I, I will play my best. And I remember I was like five, five because I won seven, five that tiebreak. I won that point. I, I screamed, like they celebrate a lot. And, you know, I said, this is over. I will, I, I'm sure I will win. I'm sure. And that in the next point, I ended up very, very easy. And I was like, I did. You know, in that moment ha happened to me that I felt it was a month, uh, a Three days ago, I was maybe in one of the worst moments that I have passed. Yeah. Three days later, I'm winning uh, regionals because of the change of my mindset, mm. you know, the change of mind that I had. 
that I had, I had obviously because of you, because of the guys, because of Cheryl, because I, whatever. But I changed. I decided to change. Mm. And that's the point. You know, I decided to, to change. And I was winning what I wanted to win. You know, I said, like, I accomplished what I, what I always wanted. And was very happy that moment. Yeah, I remember all this, the guys told me, you know, if you win our regionals, I will, we were going to take you to to a very fancy restaurant. I don't know. <laughs> they never took me, but well, <laughs> <laughs> the promise is still there, you know. Hundred percent, man. Um, <laughs> it was amazing because I saw uh, my teammates very happy for me. I saw my host family very happy for me. And I saw you, Coach Mike, Coach Connors, very happy with me. And that that was the most important thing. Yeah, at that moment, you know, regional tournament qualifies you for the state championships. You, you qualify for state, for state. And, and you go down to Gates. And, and listen, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think at that point, your state championship – was winning regionals was that moment when you got to state i feel like because of how you felt because of the support that you had in my opinion i felt like you were good and that match that you played at state it didn't go your way but i i don't think that and rightfully so i want to make sure i'm communicating this the right way but i i think that that support and that moment in Grand Junction was your moment, was your championship. Yeah. And from there, nothing else mattered anymore because you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish. You you overcame yourself. You decided to give your best effort and you went for it. And I can't stress enough to people listening that this is life. Like the moment that you had where you decided you made a decision to do something. You had to push away a lot of stuff from the past that affected you, that impacted you, that was hard. And you had to do it while being away from your family in another country, in another environment, and you did it. Now, I can relate to that deeply because many years ago when I was around your age, when you were in that moment, you know, 15, 16, I had to make that same decision. I had to make very hard decisions about, am I going to go after my goals and dreams or am I going to keep allowing people to tell me that I'm not good enough to tell me that this is all you're going to be able to do. You're not going to be anything more than what you are right now. And I had to say, you know what? No, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to do something extraordinary with my life. And the moment that I'm done doing something extraordinary with my life in tennis, I'm going to go help other people do it. And I'm going to do it over and over and over and over again. And it's crazy how that mindset, that decision that I made many years ago came to where you were able to do that same thing. So with that said, Fohad, I want you to give the listeners a understanding, a piece of advice based off of what you've learned because we're 
you know, three, four, five years removed from when this all happened, this, this unbelievable, awesome moment. You're, yeah. you're back in Argentina, you're in college and, and probably getting close to hopefully finishing college soon. But nonetheless, your, your English is much better. You're a tremendous communicator. You've been following, you know, the podcast and have been very supportive of me. And I'm, I'm grateful for that, but I think it would be important for you to speak to, if you could go back knowing what you know now, go back to that day when you lost that third match at Highlands Ranch and you go to that kid that's sitting on the bench, what would you tell that kid today, the young Fohad, what would you tell him now knowing what you know now? that that's not the the end of something it's not because you lose uh means that something is is going bad you know uh because in that moment i think that this kid was the first time that was suffering i'm sure of that because this kid didn't have any problems this far and it's just telling that, you know, this is, yeah, you lost. But life's, life goes, everything goes. And for all things, you know, tomorrow something happens, it's okay. And you can come back from, from everything. So don't worry, just change your mind and say, you know, I lost because what? Again, in that moment, it's okay. That's it, let it, let it go. Go to your bed, sleep, and go back tomorrow and continue practicing. You have to confront these problems. Mm. You have to put it away. It's not, it's not because you put it away, everything goes well. No, the problem is still there. But it's not only in tennis. Like when I speak about all the situation I lived, of being sad, of I couldn't communicate with my, the people. Uh, that was the biggest problem because uh, I didn't want to confront what I was going. I just wanted to give up, and that's not how life works. Because in life, if someone, if 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 something happens tomorrow to this kid, uh, what he will uh, die? No. He, this kid, tomorrow has to wake up and figure out the way to be out of this problem. That's it. That's how lives work. And that's a thing that I, I learned uh, passing the ways, but I figured out very well, like I think last year. Mm. When a problem is there, you have to put it away. You have to confront and say, okay, this is the problem. Okay, now how are we going to, to change this? And that's how life works. Well said, Fohad, and I know that you are still back in Argentina and, you know, are, are hopefully, you know, close again with your family. I'd, I'd love to hear just more about kind of where you're at today and, and what the future holds for you. What are some of your goals over these next couple of years? Well, um, you know, Coach, uh, like I said, uh, I've been, like, last year, I, I think last year, 2022, was 
the hardest year for me was at the time that everything uh, that I was dreaming goes everything down. You know, every dream that I had, you know, when I was in, in US, after US, goes down, everything. And I started to ask myself what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, what I wanted to, 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 to do the rest of my life, you know? So, well, I, I'm, right now I'm studying economy, okay? Uh, it's a career that, the first, I, when, I, when I went into college, I didn't know how to, what, what career start or what I wanted to do. So I decided to economy because, well, my, my dad uh, wanted me to study something like that. And I said, yeah, okay, I, I, I was good in math. I, I, interest, I, I am interested in, in money, so well, I can know, I, I can live more and study more. But you know, uh, during the passing the years, I uh, I realized that I didn't want to do this. That I didn't want to to make economic plans and stuff. Uh, and the thing that it's passion for me, it's in, it's in sports. Because, like I said, when I was since I'm six years old, uh, was my life watching. Uh, uh, watching soccer, watching tennis, playing soccer, playing tennis, uh, learn about strategy in tennis, attitudes, uh, learn a lot of things in sports. And it's like people live, or live about these things. And I know I am very good at it. So why not? Why can't I can't give my I, I can give my opinion I can be in the world of of sports obviously not as a player because well I'm late <laughs> I'm kind of late now but I can help a lot of people you can I know if this day, if the day of tomorrow I I go into a, a academy for be a a, teach, a, a trainer uh, I think I would be an amazing trainer or if if I if I start a, a program of a, a lot of things of sports, I will help a lot of people. Yes. So, well, I decided to, uh, I, I'm, I'm taking the decision of see what I want to do to study, but it's like I've returned to have a North, you know, because yeah. I was, I was uh, just in automatic pilot and just, going and nowhere and it's like I now I know what, what I want I, now I, I, I know what I have to do and I will start doing and the hill it's very it's very high it's very and I will do whatever it takes to to be uh, to be up to be up and to enjoy my life. And did that moment in Colorado help you be where you're at today? Yeah. Was the first uh, moment that, a bad moment that I, I passed through. Mm. Uh, but well, life is like that. 
sometimes there is bad moments and one takes the decision of change or to just don't do anything and fail. So it depends on what in the mind of, of, of one, you know? Absolutely. Fawad, that's just wise words from such a, a young man who's growing exponentially. Looks like you're keeping yourself in, in good shape and I couldn't be more proud of you. And I think what I would love for you to do is listen, I um I respect you deeply. I respect your family and your country. And I know that you have spent some time in Argentina and spent some time in Bolivia. And I would love for you to have an opportunity to share some words to the people of your country and your family. Is there anything that you would like to say to them? Yeah, sure. I would, I would love to. Everything can change if you want. Everything. If something bad goes, you can change. But it depends on you. Well, Moss, I cannot thank you enough for our friendship, uh, for the opportunity to be your coach, even if it was just for a, a, a small portion of your life. Uh, it's been a tremendous honor to have you on the B2B project. Thanks again for joining. No, thanks for you, Coach, for inviting me. It was, it was very special when you told me that you want me to be there. Thank you for inviting me, for helping me in that moment of my life because people are in that moment for something and you were there for something, I'm sure of that. You made me learn what, a lot of things that now I can do, you know, I can't change. I can do well, You are one of, of the guys who showed me that, you know. So I'm always uh, grateful with you, with the dedication you, you gave me when I was there. Thank you. Always, brother. And that's what the BTB project is all about, is we're on mission. And now you get your opportunity to pay it forward. So I look forward to hearing the stories you're going to be part of. Thanks again, man. No, thank you. And well, you, you are my coach. You will still be my coach and you are like a friend for me. Excellent. What an honor it was to spend some time with Fohad. And it just makes me reflect back of how awesome it is to come across different people from different countries different cultures and have any sort of opportunity to impact their life. Fohad was a tremendous spirit and someone that I'm forever grateful for to believe in me enough that in that moment, recognizing within himself that he needed to make a change, that despite whatever circumstances he was facing, that he put the responsibility on himself to pivot, adapt, and adjust to go after a goal to make a memory. You as the listener can relate as well. There are so many forks in the road we face in life, and we're in that moment. What do we do? You can either go right or you can either go left. 
But my advice to you is make a decision, but trust yourself. Live with no regrets. Any decision you make in the alignment of your belief system, your value system, will be the right decision. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode. Listen, if this episode inspired or encouraged you, do me a favor and give it a share. Send it to somebody who needs to hear the same words. Like and subscribe to the BTP project. We're going to keep going. There's lots of stories to share. There's lots of wisdom to be heard. And more importantly, there's lots that we can do together to impact lives. I'm proud of each and every one of you and take care.